Well, hello and welcome to This is Complicated, episode 16 of a podcast with a new name, or is it episode 1 of a new podcast? We're like Star Wars here in our numbering. Oh, that's what it is. It's Star Wars. <laughs> that's right. You now have two Uber nerds uh, present for this podcast. Anyway, welcome. This is a uh, a reboot of what was the Ask Pastor Jeff Anything podcast. And I am so grateful to Jody Renee Giron for being here so many times. And we uh, continue to thank her. And who knows, uh, uh, maybe there's uh, something else down the road. But she uh, has moved on in her life and is no longer in the office day to day. And so that leads to the question of what to do. And the uh, idea that I am uh, in present company required to say is a brilliant idea. Yes. (laughs) Was to continue uh, with uh, my wife, Amy Slater, Reverend Amy Slater. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank you. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you for... uh, It's fun to be collaborating with you on a project. Yeah, and so I'm the pastor of Trinity United Methodist in Lincoln, Nebraska, and you... I am the pastor of Southgate United Methodist Church, also in beautiful Lincoln, Nebraska. So we're hoping that this can be uh, for both churches, and of course for anybody who happens upon it too, but, uh, but in particular for our churches, because that's who we are and what we do. Absolutely. We love our people. Uh, so, you're the one who came up with our new name? Yes. Share it with it. Jeff and Amy at the well. The, Why? The idea is that, well, you talked about conversations, about how, how so so often uh, some of the, the big spiritual growth has happened through conversations with people about interesting topics and even not so interesting topics. <laughs> That's the idea behind this podcast, is these interesting conversations that tend to happen in church offices. Yes. You know, let's, let's share them so that more people can share in God talk. Boy, I'm making this job sound really glamorous right now. But anyway, continue. <laughs> but also I thought about how many conversations, really important conversations happen at wells in Scripture. Uh, in the Bible, like Jesus with talking with the Samaritan woman at the well, and in the Old Testament, lots of encounters at wells. Moses, Jacob and Rachel? Is it Rachel, or am I matching the wrong? Uh, it was um, Abraham's servant going to find Rachel as a wife for Isaac. Oh, that's right, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and then Moses met his future wife uh, at a well when he drove away some people who were giving her some problems. Um, you know, wells are gathering places for conversations, you know, and, and even today you got the water cooler in the workplace or I, I, don't, I don't know. You, you, you said the quote of the day earlier, our well? You're just looking at me all blankly. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Our well is filled with? Coffee. There you go. Yes. Now, I'm actually swearing off coffee right now because it's uh, adversely affecting my anxiety. So how about green tea? Our well is... It tastes like grass. <laughs> Only some of it. And even that can be a good thing. Do you have a problem with grass? Drinking it, yes. Okay. I, give me Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> My well is filled with Diet Dr. Pepper, and it never runs dry, even in the midst of pandemic. Isn't that the truth? Uh-huh. And Ever. it's bubbly. I, I love when you go for walks and come back with a, a big gulp. <laughs> That's how that tends to work. Anyway, okay, so... <laughs> We are. This is good, and I am glad you're here. These are going to be good conversations every mm-hmm. week. The other thing we're going to do is um, we realize that this whole send in your questions thing is wonderful, and we hope you'll continue to do so. 
but uh, it also won't last forever. <laughs> you know, it's not that you still don't have questions, but you know what I mean. So we, we hope you'll still send in questions, but uh, otherwise we're just going to find topics that are going on in the world or that happen to move across our hearts uh, as a way for all of us to go a little bit deeper. But to introduce Amy to any of you who don't know her or don't know her well, I thought today we would talk about call because we're both pastors. And we're also introducing you, you to, to Southgate. To my, oh, of course. my Southgate people. Oh, this is complicated. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Such is life. <laughs> so, um, uh, call is one of those things that pastors talk about a lot, in part because uh, when. Well, many pastors, maybe most pastors even, have stories of how God led them into it. And, and becoming a pastor, by its definition, involves a lot of that soul searching. I believe that God has, uh, there, there's call for each one of us. That's what baptism is about. Mm -hmm. It's just pastors tend to do more soul searching in the, uh, about it and then talk about it more, mm -hmm. <laughs> at least than your average person. Yeah. Uh, but Amy and I met in seminary as we were still experiencing our stories of call, and I thought that might be an interesting way to get to know each other. Yeah. So, right. my, mine's a little more cut and dry. Go for so it. So why don't I start first, and then you can you can tell yours, which is a little more of a of a dance. I don't know. We'll get there. Yeah. So for me, the uh, the, the short version, because we could talk about this for hours. The short version is that I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life when I was young. Or actually, that's not true. I thought I knew what I wanted to do with my life, and then I thought again I knew what I wanted <laughs> to do with my life, and then I went back and forth uh, between music and meteorology. I was a music major in college. I worked in a weather office uh, in uh, all the way back into eighth grade, and eventually uh, had my moment of, uh, of uh, what I thought was revelation when I figured out how to do both. I could be a meteorologist by day, and I worked for a TV station. Most meteorologists aren't on TV, but uh, but that's where I got involved. Uh, and in the meantime, I was a church choir director because I always loved church, and and I thought I was so clever having a way to do both. Looking back, I realized that what I really did was find a way to not have to choose mm -hmm. because neither of them were right, or at least not right in the fullness. Of, uh, of, what, uh, uh, of what God was calling me to be, or at least was about to call me to be. So I had thought about seminary many times. If you don't know, seminary is um, it's a master's degree. It's essentially college for pastors. Uh, that name probably goes back in history. Uh, I don't know enough about academia. Uh, it, it, uh, the, the root of it is like in seeds, planting seeds. Right, and, seminal. And beginning seminal, yeah. But and, and you know to clarify, the seminary is required for uh, oh, elders yeah, yeah, and deacons. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you also have licensed local pastors who who have a, a different different type of education. Right. That yeah. Kind of thing. And a lot of denominations have something similar. But in the United Methodist Church, if somebody goes into into ministry, if God calls in the middle of life when it isn't so easy to just pick up with family and other commitments and go get a master's degree. Uh, we have another track uh, to, to honor that call as well. But for us, we were both on that elder track. Um, so I'd thought about going to seminary a number of times, not because I had any inkling of being a pastor. That hadn't even crossed my mind. I just thought it would be fun. 
Now, <laughs> yeah, red flag number one. Red flag number one. Thinking seminary would be fun. Top top ten signs you might be a pastor. <laughs> so, it does evol- involve a certain level of, of yeah. insanity. Not everybody called to be a pastor thinks seminary is fun. But if you think seminary is fun, you're probably called to be a pastor. Amen. <laughs> so uh, what happened was uh, I had gotten to this point in working at a, at the TV station where I loved my job uh, you know it was I had I mean I was on a fast track to career and I found myself thinking is this really what I'm gonna do the rest of my life now everybody has that thought from time to time and usually it passes but there was something deeper there was something more existential about mm-hmm. it and what one evening while I was looking at a seminary website, just like I had before, uh, yeah, I know. And by the way, my uh, my bookshelf already had Tillich on it and Bonhoeffer, and yeah, I know, I was the last one to see it. But <laughs> I don't think I heard those names until I got to seminary. <laughs> so yeah, well, well, Tillich's good. Bonhoeffer's good too. Don't get me wrong, but the ones I treasure most now, I never mind. I'm getting off a different thing. So after. <laughs> Uh, I was looking at that website, and the simple thought occurred to me that if I were ever going to do it, the right time would be right then, right now, I thought, because I didn't have any family, uh, well, no, no, well, you know, I had parents, not my own not my own wife or children yet. Uh, I didn't. Ha- uh, yeah. I didn't have any other commitments. I mean, I had a career that was that was going well, but I didn't have anything else, and it occurred to me that if I was ever going to do the seminary thing, the right time would be now. And now that's a kind of a simple thought, but for some reason it struck me, and I stared to the side of my computer for mm-hmm. what what felt like an hour. It was probably <laughs> like fifteen seconds or something like that. But I s- stared to the side of that screen, and I I spent the next several months figuring out what happened in that moment, hmm. praying. I described my thoughts as muddled. Um, my prayer started to feel like conversation. I mean, I hear this, and it almost feels like an out-of-body experience describing it. Um, I, I've never had another experience like that before or since. Uh, so in a sense, it happened in a moment, but in, sen- in a sense, it was a conversation with God that played out over months. Like, for instance, I, knew that I, figu- I figured I could probably do a sermon. I mean, I talked on TV for a living. Mm-hmm. I liked theology and rap. I figured a sermon is scary, but I could probably do it. Uh, but caring for people, that's part of the job. I can't do that, <laughs> God. And then that very Sunday, like two or three of my choir members came up to me with problems in their lives and just naturally felt comfortable talking to me. And I'm like, God. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how that conversation was going. I, it was remarkable. Uh, and then I decided I was going to do it. And I applied to seminary, made the commitment. Uh, and made the decision. I had never thought about being a pastor even still. <laughs> oh, I'm out of order. That other conversation with my choir members hadn't happened yet. Oh. Because when I decided to go to seminary, that's when I realized God was still pushing. Ah. And that's when I figured out pastor, and that's when that sort of thing happened. And I, uh, and I entered in. Looking back now, you should know that most people's experience of call to ministry aren't like that. I was blessed by having a moment uh, and an experience of conversation like that, and I, I, I almost feel a little bit of guilt because I know how rare that is. Uh, I hope this doesn't sound disingenuous, but I almost see it as a handicap. 
<laughs> I, I do, because I am not by nature a courageous person, and I did. I had a solid paycheck. I, I was. Uh, I had a contract. I had a, a career that was going well. Uh, I was in my hometown, uh, which I loved dearly, in my uh, Wichita, Kansas, if you're curious, and I had planned to be there my whole life, uh, just like the one who had inspired me to go into meteorology, mm -hmm. uh, Jim O'Donnell, uh, just in case there's uh, anybody listening. I'm listening to, to looking at you, Daniel. I don't know if you <laughs> listen, but I throw it out there. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I would have had the courage if God hadn't made it obvious. So I'm blessed to have that experience, but I also see it as something of a handicap uh, because I think I probably needed the kick in the pants. Uh, a lot of people hear their call early and then deny it. Uh, that's where a lot of those midlifers come from or people who didn't answer the call when they were young. Not all of them, but, but some. Um, then uh, I went to seminary in Kansas City and uh, it was amazing. Um, shortly after I made that decision to go to seminary uh, and, and was accepted and it, and it uh, told my closest friends, like I committed, I passed the point of no return, uh, they moved me to a different uh, time slot at the TV station and I got an email from a former pastor of mine who was now a district superintendent who uh, <laughs> is in charge of um, uh, matching uh, pastors to churches and he said, hey, my wife and I used to watch you on the morning show. We haven't seen you for a while. I hope everything's all right. What's going on in your life, he says. Funny you should ask. And I tell him, oh, it's no big deal. They moved me to the weekend slot, but let me tell you what else is going on in my life. And he responded back and said, oh, has anybody given you a church yet? I have three good options. <laughs> that is what he responded with. Uh, <laughs> and I ended up becoming a pastor even before going to seminary because uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 United Methodists usually start uh, 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 pastors on July 1st and seminary started in, I don't know, August, September, yeah, whatever. August. So, uh, and then I got to seminary and uh, it took us about six months to figure it out, but on day one, I met a, uh, a beautiful student named Amy Hoffman. Ah, oh, shucks. <laughs> okay, so what's your journey? Because okay. I know I know you didn't you had you had moments, but I know you didn't have like a moment like I can describe. Yeah, well, I mean, there there was one moment I can think of that it, that was similar, where where you just looking at something and all of a sudden the thought occurs, you're like, oh. Oh, <laughs> well said. Yes, um, but you know, let let me start back a little bit. Um, I uh, grew up in the St. Louis area, St. Louis, Missouri, to specifically St. Charles, Missouri. Um, so just across go the go Cardinals. Thank you very much. We are a house divided. It's a wonder we've lasted this long with our uh, divided loyalties on Major League Baseball. But that's not the topic of this podcast. Thank you, Mr. Tangent. Um, so, grew up in St. Charles, Missouri, I uh, was a Methodist ever since like fourth grade, uh, involved in youth group, did all the churchy stuff, um, <laughs> <laughs> and at different kind of moments there was kind of like, I describe it as kind of a tickle in the brain, Ooh. it was like, have you thought of this, have you thought of, of being a pastor, and I would always very, you know, just kind of squelch it because I knew that Methodist pastors moved around and I wanted control over where I would live in my adult life. Um, I, I didn't <laughs> want to preach, talk in front of people. I didn't want to do the scary things about ministry. I like the idea of caring for people, which is kind of funny because that was like the, yeah. the area you thought you, you were weaker in. I, I liked the idea of just 
praying with people and and caring for them and talking to them about um, about faith and scripture and Jesus and all of that. But there are a lot of scary things about being a pastor that I just didn't want to face. So you were actually looking at a different track other than pastor at first, right? Yes, but it's uh, oh, it's you're not moment. there yet. No, you're I'm not, not there, there yet. Okay. So like um, in college, in college, I bounced around from different majors from teaching French to international business to giving up the whole French thing altogether and doing uh, my, my degree was a Bachelor of Arts in Management Information Systems, uh, looking how information flows <laughs> in I love the business entities. I love the degrees and the jobs for that matter. Where and they, they really misspelled management on my degree <laughs> certificate. That's funny. I had to have them reprint management. Anyway. We won't go there, um, <laughs> but the and and I was you know uh, it was it was a lot it was mostly it, it talks it, about it how information a, flows and and you in entities but particularly computers it's uh, a safe, electronically it was a safe choice for you and it's what most of your family does right absolutely yeah and very well too by the way oh yeah um, and I was lucky enough to get a job in my field when I graduated and I I graduated college in spring of two thousand two. Um, You're you know, old. Excuse me, Mr. Yeah, two I'm years old. older than me? I'm older, sorry. Yeah. I'm going to stop interrupting. Keep talking. No, you won't, but I'll, no. I will keep talking. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so that was just a few months after September 11th, and, um, you know, there was a lot of economic kind of upheaval, and um, I kind of felt lucky to find a job, and it was a good, secure job, all the benefits. It was at a hospital where I had been working uh, a clerical job in radiology. And so uh, they found me a job um, in finance doing, uh, I was called a decision support analyst. And I know what that sounds like, that you're sitting next to somebody making a decision saying, it's okay, it, it's a good decision. But no, it's about providing data to help the, the managers in the various departments decide you know, future plans for their departments and stuff. I can't make sense of these numbers. Would you put them in a spreadsheet and give me a graph? Make it into a pretty picture. That was my job. Yes. Yeah. And I was good at it. Um, but it, a similar thing of sitting there and realizing, is this what I'm going to do with the rest of my life? And really having this, like, pit of the stomach. Uh, it moves from a tickle in the brain to the pit of the stomach, queasy feeling of, like, that something's wrong. Like, I've left the garage door open or something. Something's not, not working. So diff different than just the kind of... Is this really what I'm going to do every day the rest of my life? Feeling that everybody has every now and then. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like what Adam Hamilton describes as leadership by nausea. Oh, totally. Uh, there was a lot of pit of the stomach, yeah. what am I doing kind of thing. And I, I should feeling like I had sold out. I should explain that. That's sometimes the right, sometimes the best decisions we ever make are the ones that make us sick to our stomach to even think about. Yep. Leadership by <laughs> nausea. Yeah. It's a great term. Yeah. And, um... And so for me, a moment happened, let's see, I started that job around July, yeah, early July. Um, I remember because we had a 4th of July yeah. day off. Anyway, and it was Labor Day weekend when I had my moment, because I, I was starting to think, okay, I'm in a, in a job that is not satisfying or fulfilling to me, I'm good at it, it it's everything that I, I set out to do. And I'm unhappy. God, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> um, and so it's it's uh, Labor Day. It's Monday. I'm at home, still living with my parents at the time, and they were gone. I don't know. Can I just go back and say that you just became 
uh, Desi comparing God to Lucy on I Love Lucy. You got some explaining to do. Holy Spirit and Lucy do but have a lot in common. That's what I, I was just thinking. The Holy Spirit and Lucy. There's mm-hmm. there's yeah. something there. I'm thinking of the chocolate factory. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead. That that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to put a pin in that for another podcast to explore more in more depth. Anyway, um, yeah. So I, I look on the fridge and in the church that uh, my family and I had been a part of. Um, the, you know, like a lot of churches in their newsletter printed up it graduates in the spring. Well, that newsletter thing with my little mug on it and my graduation date for uh, my bachelor's was on the fridge. Uh, still there in September. You know, this was back in May and, and my parents, still, my proud parents, you know. But for the first time, I really paid attention to who else was on that same page with me, alphabetical order. Because one of the things that I felt like was I felt like I was trapped. Like, I have made these choices to go down this career path and I can't deviate. And then I look Mm, and there on that same page was another person who graduated from seminary with her master's. And she, uh, at that time, she was another church member. um, And she she was married and she had kids in high school. You know, she, she had a lot of obligations, a lot of, of commitments, and she did it. And I thought to myself, here I am, just a college graduate, no spouse, no kids, none of those kinds of commitments. And all of a sudden, I realized I had run out of excuses. And that was that moment of, oh, boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yet, at the same time, it felt like a whole world had opened up. In some ways, it felt really liberating. Like, I, I, I can change my mind. I can do something different. Yeah. Um, and still, it was it was terrifying as I'll get out because even even when I did, uh, it took me two years. Um, so I continued in that job for two years as I learned more about the candidacy process, becoming a pastor, the education requirements, and things like that. Um, we have a process in the United Methodist Church, and it's mm-hmm. not a short one. Nope. And for a reason. There's a yes. reason for that. But um, And also to, to you know, save up some money, kind of get on my feet before I fell back on my butt again, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> my, joke was, my joke was that if I paid off my car, at least I'd have a place to live. <laughs> <sighs> no, but um, I forgot where I was going with this. Yeah. So well, um, tell about the other path that you you, oh, you weren't yeah. really th- yeah. See, I also was I was thinking okay yeah I'll go to seminary but I I will maybe do something in the in the realm of hospital chaplaincy because it would help me avoid all the things I'm terrified of when it comes to being a pastor. Uh, chaplains don't usually preach, do they? They don't preach. Um, Administration. Oh yeah, uh, leading meetings and and making you know talking finance reports and things like that and. Uh, managing staff, all of that stuff, I didn't want to do. Um, but here I am, pastoring a church, having <laughs> pastored a number of churches, and um, I love preaching now. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, you're the good at it too. You, you bring shucks. you bring the you bring the social justice side of it uh, more than I do. It's not that I don't. I just say things softly and sweetly, whereas you're you're not afraid to to tell them. You're not afraid to yeah. You're saying I'm mean and harsh and... Oh, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, so that's our journey. So you yeah. know a little more about it. Oh, I should also say, at one point you said, uh, God, I'll never be a youth director. 
Oh yeah. What, what did that route look? What did that? <laughs> tell us what that road looked like uh, from chaplaincy to pastor. Yeah. Uh, by way of what? By, by way of being a youth youth director at a <laughs> wonderful church and that that was one of the the wonderful one of the greats well okay i didn't want to be a youth pastor because i thought these kids are gonna think that i'm a total poser or just imposter syndrome impo- yeah like they what do i have to say to teenagers 16 years in I still feel imposter syndrome. <laughs> Just yeah. for anybody listening out there. Yeah. That never goes away. It's missing the point is what it is. True. Yeah. God equips the called, he doesn't call the equipped or something like that. I that mean. is one of the greatest phrases, not just for pastors. Okay, so so we're taught this is about sharing our stories, but it's also about call. Mm-hmm. And I know I believe quite firmly that everybody has a call of some sort. Now, it's not always a job. It's not always no. a vocational call. Sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. I have known teachers, nurses. Um, I have known, ah, shoot, I knew a dishwasher once hmm. who loved what he did so much. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just his spirit or maybe he was really called to wash dishes. I don't know. But, it, you know, there is that kind of call. But our... Uh, our, our baptism calls us to be a certain kind of person too as a Christian mm-hmm. um, we can live out our call and not just uh, vocation but in, in how we are with other people and how we structure our family lives uh, living out our call through uh, various kinds of volunteer work um, and and in the ways that we support uh, important causes uh, call is and call can be not necessarily uh, doing one thing for a lifetime, but you can be called for something for a season, and then uh, and then that call um, reaches its conclusion, and then God calls you on into the future into to something else. Um, and and there's shades within it too. Um, you know, it's one thing. One of the one of the the first things I realized is once I finally gave in to the call of being a pastor, you know, I get settled, then I realize, oh, what kind of pastor is God calling me to be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I realized that that apparently continue. there's more than one kind. Yeah, and that continues shifting to this day. I mean, I eventually felt called to get a to get a doctor of ministry degree, and even at this very moment, I'm wrestling with how to how to live that out mm-hmm. in the midst of my ministry. And, and there was a time that, that I felt called to uh, set aside professional mi- paid ministry and be a stay-at-home parent for oh, six course. years. Yeah. And, th- and that was a calling in my life that even before becoming a pastor, I knew I wanted at least, you know, if, if I did become a parent, to, to have that time home with kids because that's what I wanted. Um, and then the call of, of ministry came, you know, comes back as the kids need me less and less and... Well, I might phrase that differently. I kind of think they need you more and more. But they're less and less demanding of your daytime hours. How about that? Now that they're in school, <laughs> yeah, they still need you just as much. And me too. What is it? You made me think of uh, one of the people I want to be when I grow up, uh, Mary Elizabeth Moore. Oh, um, yeah. Wh- uh, who was the, uh, the dean when I was doing the doctorate. Um, she had asked about you, Amy, and, um, and and I mentioned that uh, I, well, it was a little more in the moment, and I mentioned that you know you had a, you had a little bit of wrestling with uh, feminism, 
You oh, know, yeah. here all women have fought for the right to work. Who am I to decide to stay at home? Mm-hmm. And we were walking down a street in Boston. Mary Elizabeth and I were, mm-hmm. and she's a she's a and she just retired. She's a, a I want to say old. Uh, she's seen more of the world, you know. She's been around this a lot, and she's uh, she's one of the women who's been part of the feminism movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just literally stops walking without notice of who's behind us, puts her hand on my arm, and say, "No, for her to choose it is the most feminist thing she could mm, do." That's bringing tears to my eyes just to, to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, see, call comes in many, many different ways, uh, and. People tend to use the word calling with people like pastors mm-hmm. because we, we're quite literally trained to talk about it well. But it's just as true for everyone. And mm-hmm. whether you have a moment, whether it's gradual, it's awesome. Yeah. Whether it's to do something grand or whether it's to wash dishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's been the most terrifying and exhilarating experience of my life to continue following this call. Um, and, and wonderful to be able to share it with you. And then COVID happened. Ah, yes. Okay, no, that's another topic <laughs> for another time. That's not just our job. That's the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Well, we would love to know what everybody thinks uh, from Southgate, from Trinity, from anywhere else. Um, I'm hoping we're on a good path here, and I look forward to, f- to, to more topics. This is going to be fun doing, dear. Yeah. All right. So join us next time. Take care. All the earth sing your praises.